right, welcome everybody back to the PHLY Sixers podcast. I'm Derek, joined by a guy who, while he might be here now, we're not sure if he will be here Thursday when the season starts, but we hope that is the case. How you doing, Kyle? I will be here Thursday. Okay. Let's let's just get it out of the way right now. I don't want to. You're, you're not withholding services. Into, no, I don't want to run up against the 30-day clock before <laughs> I, I lose my right to leave in free agency at the end of the year. So I will be here on was, Thursday and moving forward. Good, good. I appreciate that. Ask me in a couple of months, maybe that will change. But right now, I appreciate that. We will, of course, talk about the player who does not want to be here. Before then, it was a wild, wild week in Philly sports, an incredible weekend in Philly sports. You obviously had the Phillies winning game five after I think a lot of people were, I don't say down on them, but certainly nervous. There's a lot more nerves. No, we can say down Some on Some people them. were definitely down. <laughs> and then you had the Eagles with one of the best defensive performances we've seen in quite a while. Um, and look, I know that, you know, Miami was without a couple on their offensive line. That certainly helped them dominate. Eagles were without a couple in the secondary. That could have been exploited too. But just an unexpectedly easy Sunday night uh, and an incredible Philly sports weekend. Yeah, and let me just say, all the good vibes, as always, come crashing back down as soon as the Sixers as soon as we get on the, the air. Yes, <laughs> but it was it was nice to see. I mean, Friday night into Saturday morning, just a catastrophic vibes day and then for wheeler to come out and pitch the way he did saturday defense looks as good as it did last night big aj brown game i mean the eagles guys will get into it yeah but comparisons be made between aj brown and to and his time here so that, that tends to make me think that they're in a pretty good place right now and now we're here to ruin everybody's week <laughs> We are here, and the good news we have today is Javante Smart impressed more than we were expecting. That's not quite on the same level. Yeah, not, not quite. Not exactly a on uh, the same 125 level. plus yard game for AJ <laughs> no, Brown. No, it's not. So I guess we do have to start off with that guy. Uh, again, he's, James Harden does have a name there. He, he does. He does. But he's he only really earns being called that guy right now. Not at practice again today. As Woj mentioned, there is uncertainty whether or not he will be here when the season starts on Thursday. Nick Nurse did mention that he reached out to him through text message over the weekend and did get a response back. Didn't seem like maybe the most, you know, the closest maybe communication we've ever seen in Philadelphia sports, but they did at the very least exchange text messages. Does that give you any hope that a they will let bygones be bygones. It does not give me much hope okay. at all, Derek. I think as we discussed last week when James first went MIA, there were some big milestones last week leading into the opening preseason game. At least that's how the team has framed it. And so now for James to be in Houston and off on his own for you know, the last getting close to a week now, right? Yep. And they have a game in Milwaukee on Thursday. I just don't see how, I mean, they'll have what, two practices before the game, but I would say Wednesday will be more of a walkthrough, go through plays, go through the scouting report on Milwaukee, certainly not getting a, a full run, full yeah. scrimmage in. So if, the, if, if he still needs to ramp up, as we keep talking about, I don't see how he ramps up in time for that game. And once you start missing games, then I don't know, you're not just going to drop him in out of nowhere. 
Yeah, no, and look, we t- we uh, we've talked a lot this preseason about ramping up because Joel Embiid needed to do it. Again, the reports were that James Harden fully participated in one scrimmage in the two weeks that he was around the team. Again, I've sort of been told that the his participation level was a little higher than that. Like he would pull himself or he'd be pulled out of like towards the end of a scrimmage, but he was participating in more than that. Regardless, with zero preseason games played and not full uh, practices a lot of the time, it would be unrealistic, even if he did keep himself in tip-top shape, to be at NBA game shape right from the jump. And he's not even in Philadelphia or Camden right now. So we will see. Uh, certainly, you don't think it's a, a high chance he is going to be ready for Thursday night. Um, and really, we just have no idea. We've been saying this since Colorado, probably before then. Have no idea what to expect next. But you certainly, the expectations are low. Yeah, he has placed them there himself, right? Right. And I think part of the problem continues to be, as you and I have stressed many times on the show, even the people around James don't know what he's going to do on a moment-to-moment, day-to-day basis. This has very much been a, you check in with somebody, talk to a friend, an agent, a manager, whoever it is, and they'll tell you. Ask me tomorrow. Ask me what's happening an hour from now. I don't know what it's going to be. If I knew James was going to be on this team and in this place on October 31st, I would tell you right now. And we have some salty Braves fans in the chat. I think it's one salty Braves fan who's rooting for the D-backs now. Larry, we appreciate you being here because it does help us in terms of having the viewership. Can, but we, can we get a full breakdown of Larry's sporting allegiances? Like, he's got to be a, a Philly <laughs> fan in some... But like, like, I don't are know you what's like a, happening here. Like a Cowboys, um, Braves, Sixers fan? Like, what's going on here? we got to figure that out. Please I, please respond back. And we love you. We appreciate that you're in the chat. But I'm just curious. I'm, asking, I'm just asking questions. We did also Kyrie. see Papa's, I believe, is with us from the UK yep. tonight on that time difference, so... Shout out to him. Shout out to Randy, Mark, Will, obviously, my, my guy who's always here. But yeah, anyway, back to the, the, the subject at hand. I just think it's so hard to predict if James will be on the team or play for the team, period, let alone, oh, he's going to show up Thursday and he'll do X, Y, Z. And I do wonder, we'll get to Javante Smart at some point later, Derek. I do wonder how that factored into the two-way decision just to have another potential ball handler given that they now are going into the season thinking we're short a guy who's going to play 36 minutes a night right and if we're in any kind of emergency situation you'd rather have somebody like that than a ricky council but i just you're grasping at straws here with james because he's leaving the people who are closest to him very little to go off of and so we get the crumbs of their crumbs that they're getting and puts us all in this position where we're just guessing with James for the most part. Yeah. And we, you know, we're going to do a preseason prediction show tomorrow. Uh, and one of the questions is how many games does James Harden play? I have no freaking idea. No freaking idea. He could show up tomorrow and play on Thursday. I think it's likely just because I don't think he's in shape to do so uh, and other reasons, or he could hold out for the entire time until he's traded. Both are on the table um, we will, we'll see. I truthfully don't know how much more we can add because like you said, I'm not sure James Harden or his camp know what's going to happen. So how the hell would I? Yeah. Other than that, in terms of the practice report for Monday, Derek and I were over there in Camden 
a little bit of a league meeting going on for the Sixers mm-hmm. as they do this time of year. I'm sure it was probably on officiating stuff, if I had to guess. If not, maybe we'll find out eventually. Talk to Good Javon. old points of emphasis. Yeah. Talk to Javante. We talked to Pat Bev. And Pat Bev somehow escaped without getting a single question about James Harden. So that was yeah, I'd, I'd upset look- of the year, I think. <laughs> We're definitely at the point where it's like, well, how many different ways can I phrase the exact same question? And we're just kind of like, all right, like we have to ask Nick because Nick is the one who sort of has to deal with the, you know, ramifications of it. Outside of that, like everyone's been asked a couple times, how many times can? There are only so many ways you, and look, I feel for them on a certain level because these guys have all been there working hard every day. Pat Bev talked on Monday and said something to the effect of, I think we're a lot closer as a team than mm-hmm. a lot of people understand. I'm sure that, you know, going to Colorado, being together and just by themselves for that week was helpful. I think you can honestly see it. You know, one of the things that I saw at the end of that preseason game against Atlanta the other night, Kelly Oubre with, I think it was like five minutes left in this game, a meaningless preseason game. He, they, force a turnover ball goes the other way and he does the like this really overstated like ball going that way and it for a guy who's in his late 20s on a minimum deal this deep into his career to be that fired up for a change of possession at the end of a game that doesn't count in the standings that really took me back a a bit and was like man these guys are like really fighting and battling out there despite the fact that this is kind of whatever like Derek and I are paid to watch these games and even we were kind of checked out of the game by that point part of that's because the Phillies were on and that certainly helped but I just think you see a a base level of competitiveness and the guys that they brought in so for them to have to answer all these questions about James and things that are completely out of their control a fight with management that none of them are involved in I think that's part of why probably you and I and other reporters have started to be like okay, we got to move on from James to a certain extent, right? Yeah. No, I I, I wake up every day hoping that today's the day I can move on from talking about James Harden. Here we are, first segment on our show on Monday. We cannot escape that fate. Um, No other real major notes from practice. Seems like pretty much everyone is practicing. Um, They're, you know, trying to ramp up for a a game on Thursday. It gets real. And, I mean, it really is... As frustrating as this offseason has been, I'm very happy to have basketball back, both NBA and Sixers. So we'll, you know, get into that soon. Yeah, so I guess where do you think they're at in terms of readiness to actually play a team like Milwaukee on Thursday? I mean, I think it's impossible to be ready when Joel Embiid's played one game and he looked like he's not quite ready uh, for the season to start. So, you know, he's mildly important to everything they do on both sides of the floor. So until he is fully up to speed, I think they're probably not going to be ready. That being said, in terms of like how they match up with that team specifically, I'm fascinated to see because not only do you have some concerns with how, you know, Brooke can pull Embiid away, but you also like the Sixers' strength defensively right now outside of Embiid, who's obviously fantastic. Not always in regular season, but can be fantastic. Their strength is they've actually got a pretty decent stable of perimeter defenders right now and active perimeter defenders, especially if Jaden Springer is in that lineup like we hope that he will be. They have some people who can defend Dame, and that doesn't mean that they're going to stop Dame because when Dame's playing well, he's unstoppable, and especially when he has a 
pick and roll partner like he does. But I'm very interested to see how some of these guys, Melton, Springer, fight through screens and make his life tough. Uh, because theoretically, I think the Sixers can at least cause them to work harder uh, than some other teams, especially with Harden out of the lineup. Now, that being said, as we saw at the end of last year, I do think Harden's ability to beat guys on switches would have been particularly advantageous against a Milwaukee team with Dame as the head of the snake, mm -hmm. being able to force feed that over and over. Some of this is going to come down to Tyrese has to take on that responsibility this year, right? And we saw that in fits and starts in the preseason. I, I know you guys talked on Friday in the postgame show, Derek, about the playmaking that he's shown and kind of the, the emphasis on that for him coming into this year. But I guess we're going to have to wait and see if he's able to balance the, the dual responsibilities of being the guy on the perimeter. So yeah. that's, that's one of the only things that is good about this hard and holdout is that I think we've been able to or I say we, the collective can now focus on uh, the balls in Tyrese's hands. Yeah. He's going to be able to do about as much or as little as he wants on a game-to-game -game basis. And that kind of takes the sting out of the James situation. With When he was put in the same position with Ben a couple years ago, I think the issue was, and he has said it himself, he wasn't quite ready for all yeah. that. He's still trying to figure out who he is and develop his skill set. And now he's just so much more confident in who he is as a player. Teammates are saying he uses his voice more on the practice floor and certainly in games as well. And so him now being thrust into this leadership position, I think that's, if there's any good that comes from this, that's probably the biggest thing for me. Yeah, and this will be a great matchup for that too because as great as Milwaukee and Boston are, and they're both great and they both should be really good and or great defensively especially boston the one weakness they have or at least the one thing that can be exploited is they both have bigs who need to play pretty deep in that drop and can tyrese you know find his offense because they have that opportunity there and then also still attack the rim enough where he can create scoring opportunities for his other it'll be for his teammates it'll be great to watch that unfold there on thursday night um you just hope that joel Embiid's ready yeah, so let's take a, a quick little break to talk about a couple of our friends. We'll be right back to sicko Sixer stuff. So I'm here to tell you about our friends at Shady Rays. You could gear up for the season ahead with quality shades that are built to last. And our friends at Shady Rays have you covered with premium polarized shades and quick swap snow goggles that I know Derek is after himself. Mr. Snowboarder I over am. here. I'm going to get you on the slopes this year. That's my you goal. You are not getting me on the slopes <laughs> unless we hit some really good subscribers. And, and don't goals. worry, if we do that, I will have a GoPro <laughs> with me. You will get all the footage. Uh, and the best part is with those premium shades and snow goggles, they won't break the bank. And they have the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by a lost or broken replacement policy. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they'll send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. I'm still eagerly anticipating getting my Shady Rays. Some people were dragging their feet on making their requests around the office, so I blame my coworkers <laughs> and not Shady Rays, but I can't wait to see mine when they finally come in. And on top of that, Shady Rays is also committed to making a difference in communities across the U.S. through their impact program. They team up with nonprofits to help people live healthy, courageous lives. 
through some of their most challenging times. So exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out an amazing deal for the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code PHLY for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. I also have to tell you about our good friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. The NFL season's going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet five bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. So get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code PHLY. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code PHLY only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please pay responsibly. On behalf of Boothole Casino and Resort in Kansas, licensee partner Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 plus age values by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources tell you what when i did that friday eligibility tripped me up like three times it's a it's It's a a tougher word than you would think it that's definitely an ad read where i've just got to go home and read it like 50 times on myself so the next time you're not here i can say eligibility and not completely trip over and especially when you're trying to get through it quickly like for some reason i just couldn't do it yeah because we don't want people i mean we want the people to hear the ad reads but you don't want it to be the whole show so i mean we do have some people that cheer us on during the uh the ad reads. Harrison G, although saying my ad reads are starting to rival Pompeii, I don't know about that. And that's that's a subject I might just leave alone for the time being. <laughs> I mean, look, any attention is good attention, right? Uh, not all the time, but you know. Um, all right. So we have a we did have a, qu- a question up there, basically asking us how we think this from Andrew Doherty, asking how we how and when we think this will is end. Doherty as tough as eligibility. Look, I can't speak. I, I, again, I have no idea why anyone hired me to speak five hours a week. Um, how we think this will end? We're again, we're doing a, a preview, a, a season preview show tomorrow. We'll get into that in some depth tomorrow. So be sure to tune in there. Yeah, I mean, we can touch on it a little. Everyone bit. will be happy. Oh, everybody's everyone gonna be happy. Be happy. He'll yeah, they'll come be traded as soon as James deal. gets traded. Yep. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think he's gonna come back, play a couple games probably have a couple of them be like giving some effort and then you'll stop giving effort and something will happen and the Clippers or another team will offer just more than they're offering now. And there will, there will take it probably sometime in December and we'll move on. Yeah. It's going to be a long couple of months though yeah. until then, unless honestly the best thing that they can do is just win games without him, And then we can just pretend he doesn't exist, I guess. Yep. Uh, I agree. That sounds bad. Like I don't, I don't, I understand James has stuff going on, whatever, but, yeah, the, the more that we can focus on the actual basketball, the less we have to talk about this nonsense. Yep, agreed. All right, so I think probably the most surprising, and there's still a cut to be made here before the season starts, so they're not done. I think maybe the most surprising move so far, and again, it's really the only move so far, so it's the most surprising and the least surprising. Well, and anyway, da- And David Duke got cut, so that, sure, was, sure, sure. that was another one. My boy Dave. Um, David Duke Jr., to be right, fair. Right, right. 
but not any, anyway. You know, I think a lot of people weren't expecting Ricky Council the fourth, not Ricky Council or Ricky Council the second or the third, who are his two brothers. I don't think anybody was really expecting for him to get cut. Um, he was cut. Uh, Javante Smart then took his two-way spot. They signed him to a two-way deal. Why do you think uh, the Sixers went in that direction? I mean, the most obvious answer is that they don't trust that the shot is there. The shot's bad. Right? Yeah. So that was the big question when they brought him in was, is this guy going to be able to shoot on any sort of passable level? Because I think at the college level, you could see there's all kinds of other things he can do. He's a huge big tool athlete who was able to get to the free throw line a ton. And that's the type of guy that you can work around. If he's got a passable jumper and you can just wait until they come around, you can sustain your individual scoring by just being a driving player, guy who gets to the rim, guy who creates free throws. I mean, Jalen Brown came into the league as that sort of guy, not comparing them as prospects, obviously, but there've been plenty of success stories of guys who were iffy shooters but we're at least they might take an open shot and be trusted to take one. Ricky was kind of a full rebuild shot process, yeah. right? No, and I, right from the moment they drafted my first write up, I said, this is a multi-year complete teardown. Yeah. And so one of the worst shots I've ever seen for them to bail now says to me that they must not have seen any progress or maybe very little progress in a shot because when you brought him in, you kind of knew this is what you're getting into. And if they didn't, then I would question what games the scouting team was watching of him in college, right? Like you have to know he's our guy. We have to go through a, a lot of time and development with him. No, look, I went through every jumper he took last year. You're a I sicko I for didn't that see, one. I didn't, well, that doesn't make that long. Anyway, <laughs> I didn't see one jumper. I'm like, that form looks good. Yeah. Like some of them went in. I think the way I described it in my write-up, the best thing I can say about his jump shot is he gets good elevation before he throws it in the general direction of the rim. I think that was almost the exact way I phrased that. And when the best thing you can do is say he jumps high on a jumper, that's not exactly a ringing endorsement. And there wasn't any kind of a shot type that he was good at, like off the dribble, off the catch, off a screen, off of anything. No, 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 and no. It was a multi-year rebuild. And I just don't think, and from what I was told, you know, in college, they tried to rebuild the shot. He wasn't all that receptive to it. So I think, I don't know how he was receptive in the NBA, but I certainly think in the past, he has pushed back on that a little bit. I just don't think anybody believed he was going to shoot at a level and at a timeline where he could actually step floor on an NBA court, which is a damn shame because he does a lot decently. Like I'd said, he was a first round draft pick with an out of the league jumper. It's just a shame that he can't get that jumper to even passable yeah so I, I think the simple calculation there is that they didn't believe in it they were in the gym with him for the last four months ish mm -hmm. or so and no progress or minimal progress enough that they said we don't want to make this bet and we'd rather have a guy in smart that well i don't think he's like an upside play nope. I, I do think he's probably a passable NBA player at this point, like certainly has already had opportunities with other teams, wasn't a standout player in those opportunities. But I think in the summer, pretty good summer at mm -hmm. Summer League, has gotten fairly consistent minutes when they've even, as they've gone deeper into the preseason and fewer and fewer guys have played. 
And as I brought up at the toward the start of the show, I do think you probably factor in a little bit that with Harden out and no no real backup ball handlers, like they have a bunch of guys who will masquerade as point guards to some extent, but I just think that maybe having a guy who can dribble the ball and create a little bit is, is part of the calculus there since none of these guys are, are big-time shooters or anything like that. Yeah, and look, I was a little sur- surprised that they waived Castle instead of like Tobias. Not Tobias. Um, Tubelis. Tubelis, sure. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't exactly sure how to pronounce that one. I think it might be the first time I've ever said his name. But I was a little surprised that they waived Council instead of him. I'm not surprised that Smart is getting one of those two-way slots, though. And like I said, as much as I like various aspects of Ricky Council's games, I think that the jumper was just prohibitive. Like, he wasn't going to be able to see the floor. I didn't have much confidence Maybe you keep him on the G League because they did expand that from two to three slots. You keep him around for a year just to see if he can, how receptive he will be, uh, whether he can make any progress, whether you that raises your confidence level in that jumper from 1% to maybe 10%. But I guess what they saw over the last four months, they didn't believe in it, so they moved on quickly. So we have a good question from Biggie in the chat who asked, how can a G League guy like Council push back on NBA talent devs recommending he rebuild his shot? Again, I, I'm not. I'm not saying that he did. I'm saying that in college there was some pushback. Yeah, and so I, I, I want to use this. And Derek, you have more extensive draft experience than I do, but I would say this: we brought this up with Tyrese recently in terms of how his game has changed. There are two different things here. One base level to improve enough to go from you know second round guy, even back half of the first round guy to turn into a real deal rotation guy, you have to work hard, right? Like nobody in the league except for maybe a few guys can just coast on their talent. But when you work hard, that work has to be focused and it has to be, it has to come with an approach from whether it's you, your trainer, the people around you, you have to agree on the things that you need to do in order to become a player who's going to stick in a team's rotation. Some of that is understanding the context that you're in, right? Like a lot of these guys are the best player on every team they've ever played for, high school, college, all that. And they come to the league and they don't quite have the understanding of not only am I not the guy anymore, I have to completely reimagine how I play to fit alongside the Joel Embiid's, the James Harden's, the... Durant's, the Booker's, the Curry's, whoever it is, and fit in that system. And I'm not saying that Ricky wasn't willing to do that, but that's a very real part of which guys make it and which guys don't, is having an understanding of who you are and where you are and what it's going to take to to make it over that hurdle. Yeah, and look, when you're talking about breaking down, and again, I'm going to go back to college. When you're talking about like a, a college player completely revamping his shot, and again, I'm not... Like, there wasn't a, a, this is a slight tweak. Like, Maxie spoke about, like, I shot the ball well in high school. I struggled in college, but I had confidence in my form, and repetition got me back to where I am now. Maxie's shot always looked good, and he always had, he was effective from, like, the mid-range, so there was a reason to believe that that shot was going to eventually come around. Ricky's was awful. It wasn't a slight tweak. It wasn't anything like that. So let's say he's in his junior year at Arkansas, just transferred recently, so he's old for his class. 
he thinks he's going to be an NBA player, a first round pick. Yeah. Right. Not a good shooter, but he did shoot like 79% from the, the foul line. He's thinking, all right, as long as I can shoot like maybe mid thirties with my other tools, I'm going to get drafted in the first round. Whenever you try to, to make a change to your jumper, you're going to be a worse shooter. I almost don't care how bad your baseline is. It, before you get that repetition and that in-game repetition in, you're going to take a step back. You hope yeah. that you're taking a step back, take three steps forward, but taking a step back when you're, you know, 35 games away from being drafted, because a college season is so short anyway, I understand why it would be a tough ask. He needed to do it to be a, a better long-term NBA prospect, but I understand why there would be pushback at that level. What happened when he got here? Again, I'm not sure. This is where he really needed to say, all right, it might take me two years, but I need to fix this. I don't know whether he did. I don't know whether he didn't. But I also understand that even if he would have bought in, Sixers might not want to tie up a two-way slot for a guy who, again, if he rebuilds it, it might go from a 1% chance that he becomes an NBA shooter to a 10%. That might not be a good enough odds to tie up what is a pretty limited resource. And again, a resource that the Sixers over the last couple of years have gotten pretty good value out of. Um, Paul Reed, one point on a two-way contract. Shake Milton at one point on a two-way contract. They want to use these spots to evaluate people, not just develop, but also evaluate, you know, there's so many of these guys out here who have potential fatal flaws. They want to evaluate which ones can overcome that. I understand not wanting to waste a spot on it. I do. And they're also a team that is trying to win and win now. And so those two-way slots where you can bring these guys back and forth and might have to call them into the rotation you can't really afford that guy to be, oh, that's he's a complete zero as a shooter. That you bring him into the rotation in an emergency situation, I I don't know that he can help you right now. And you know, for whatever Javante Smart's limitations are, I yep. do think he can at least like he's he could give you a passable five to ten minutes, most likely. And that's gotta be part of it. It's unfortunate that you can't take on more of these projects because it's Derek, you and I will talk about this a ton, I'm sure, in the future, but they have these limited picks and limited resources. They have to take some upside swings, but they don't have a lot of margin for error to just drop games either. So it's a it's a tough balance to find. Yeah. And look, he just you, you gotta be able to shoot. <laughs> like I don't, I don't <laughs> it's the whole point of the sport is putting the ball in the basket. I don't mean to make the be overly reductive, but like if you can't shoot and there's no reason for anyone to ever defend you more than 15 feet from the basket, it's it's tough to be a role player. Like role players have to be able to fit alongside your stars. Otherwise, what the hell are we doing here? I didn't have much confidence that he ever would. Again, I'm a little surprised that it was him instead of Tabellus, but whatever i'm not gonna lose too much sleep over it um, I, might, I might lose some sleep so you might you might you seem like the type that loses sleep over no nah, actually I, I i take that back i take that completely back <laughs> i was you gonna seem say completely I'm confident less, in every decision high, you've ever made i'm less high strong i think than <laughs> you would suspect all right we will get down to our stock report uh, in a second, Kyle's super excited about I might be losing some oh, sleep yeah. over the stock report segment. Kyle is most definitely not. Before that, a quick word from game time. And again, we've got the Phillies coming up. At least one more game, hopefully a few more after that. You're going to want to be there, but you're also going to want to know what you're buying. If you're looking to get in on the action and be part of the best home field advantage in professional sports, you're going to want to check out game time to make sure you can get the best deal possible as Kyle gets our props ready in them. 
already sweating bullets. <laughs> Buying tickets to your favorite event shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Game time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. And with the game time guarantee, it means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images of the seat you buy, seats before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. And you can buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set with tickets sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHLY for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. So, so before we segue sorry. out of that, I want to circle back to something we talked about on the show last week. Remember I said I was looking into seeing Lauren Hill and the Fugees mm -hmm. and that she's notorious for her shows are like you might show up and see the most transcendent concert or she might be three hours late or never show. Yep. Guess who canceled her show last night in Philadelphia for tonight? Yep. Lauren Hill. Because apparently her vocal cords are strained or something. Maybe she just so. wanted to watch Philly's game. Maybe she got tickets it on game possible, time and she and wants I'm, to go to the I'm game. I'm not casting any aspersions, but I hate to say that that ended up being prophetic, that we talked about it on the yeah. show. But no Fuji's concert for me, Quite a bit. Talked about it at the, uh, at the game as well. I did. It so It happens. All right. So Derek and I have been thinking of ways to introduce some visual flair to a visual show those of you who listen on audio we will do our best to incorporate pieces of flair on our laptop <laughs> to to make sure that you're not completely out of the loop for these things but we want to do a semi-regular stock report on the team you know pretty standard stuff like week in week out we'll see who's trending up who's trending downward and i decided i was going to make derek wear a goofy hat in order to do this so Derek, congratulations on your green accounting visor that you get to wear during this segment. But we are going to do some stock reporting, and you can't even see my face <laughs> this anymore. This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Well, look, Derek, we have a couple. Could of be worse. Could be worse. Now, I was hoping for different colors for these, but for everyone watching on the stream, that's a stock down, as you can see. That is a stock up. Kyle, with his extensive day trading experience. Oh, cool. Of course. Well, you can't day trade unless you have your volumes over, is it 1000 or $10,000? I can't remember. I do know that because ran afoul of those rules once. But uh, anyway, so Derek and I want to go through the preseason, hit some players, topics, the head coach certainly, and give a stock report. So I'm going to give Derek the first opportunity. It'll be an easy one. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Jane Springer, stock up or stock down? I think I'm going to go gotta, stock up. You got to put it up. Well, you gotta, you got, you're holding it. I'm holding it so they stand up, buddy. That's stock down. What are you doing? Jane Springer, stock sorry, down. You're sorry, already blowing sorry, it. Sorry. Derek's already hating on my day trading experience. Look at stock up for Jaden Springer, as, as I think everyone. We've been talking about it for most of the preseason. Pretty yeah. much after every game, he has been the topic that we have enjoyed talking about with on. On this team, when you can get a topic that you enjoy talking about, you beat it to death, man. Because I feel like every other topic that comes up with uh, any regularity is James Harden. 
He is decidedly not James Harden. Very happy about that. Approaches. Look, I'm going to throw shit around. It's going to happen. They're right? throwing my it's props happen. around it's down here. This is outrageous. Um, we haven't knocked over a microphone yet, so there That's you go. The, there you go. We got through exactly yeah. one yeah. of these, and it already was the wrong one. So He shot seven of eight from three, which that alone. Not expecting that in would, the regular that season. That alone would be cause for celebration. Then you add in the fact that like he looks like he might even be able to dribble a little bit. His defense has been fantastic. Um, his passing has been good enough. He's really hasn't made very many mistakes. And for a kid who, you know, we just wanted him to be playable offensively, he's hit every note. He's hit every note. Brian Kay says Chappelle show vibes with those hats. And I know the exact thing that he's referring to. There's a segment of the Making the Band episode where they're imitating Ness and Chappelle's Diddy says, what's hot in the streets, Ness? You're just going to sit there and do your taxes? Papa's trying to, to, to really kill me here. I never told any. In fact, I told my brother to sell crypto. I have been out <laughs> on that for the entire time. Do not besmirch my name. Money Mar with the stock up. Will's loving the hats. Okay, so obviously, Jane Springer stock up. I think on top of the shooting, Derek, as everyone at at home and who's listening tomorrow or later this afternoon will agree on. And if you if you are listening to the audio, definitely do not go to YouTube and check <laughs> out the video of this. Please, for the love of God, just let it only be the live listeners. But his defense has been probably, I, I don't know if you could say better than expected because Doc Rivers talked a lot about. I think he's been the about, best defender on the team. I absolutely agree with you. And seeing him chase guys around screens. And I, the most impressive part for a young guy is to be able to play aggressive, get in a guy's chest, like get all up in a guy's jersey and not pick up a lot of fouls. And in fact, on a few occasions, he's been so close that guys have tried to rub him off with screens and he's actually drawn offensive fouls on moving screens on opposing players. Yeah. So to, to play that physical brand of defense that he's playing, which has a, there's a lot of margin for error or not a lot of margin for error there. And to come out of that looking as good as he has, I think is super impressive for a 21-year-old yep. kid. No, he's, I mean, I I, I think Daniel Olinger uh, had a segment, like a minute and a half segment. It, go find Daryl Morey's Twitter. He retweeted it because every young kid that's playing well, he retweets any any praise. Spent the <laughs> entire season doing it with, or off season doing it with Petrushev. This one, I think, sticks a little more. But he had a, a good minute and a half of Springer fighting over screens. And it just stands out so much because there's almost nobody else on his team who excels at it. Even the good defenders, you know, like Melton, even a, a, a solid defender like Tobias, they're not good at fighting through screens. So when he really blows them up and just completely, like, they'll be running a high pick and roll with 14 seconds on a shot clock. They'll waste five seconds trying to go at Springer on a screen. Next thing you know, you're just trying to get any kind of shot off. Him being able to kill time defensively and take away their primary action is just something this team has so very rarely had. And the fact had, and the fact that he looks like he might be playable offensively enough to allow that to shine. I'm very happy. Okay. So now it's your turn to go to me for some stock advice here. All right. Well, where, go you, for it, where do you want to go? Go for it. Well, I, I think we got to go with one negative now. I think one positive. Well, one you can't just, then you're ruining the reveal of the stock there. Come on. You got to just, well, if I you say you can't just say, "Hey, let's go every if other." If I one. say Mo Bamba, is anyone going to be confused? Yeah, which one's got to be Mo Bamba? <laughs> stock down, down, down. Sell all your shares. <laughs> Honestly, so this has come up on the show. Derek and I keep talking it's about trending this. into the penny stock region. I really wonder if Mo Bamba is the final cut 
of the roster. We didn't we didn't get into it, but it, I mean, they did. They like they 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 made that two way decision real quickly. Haven't made that final roster decision. I, 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 there's a chance it could be us. And look, we kind of shot down the chance that he would be cut last week. I'm not as confident now. I'm not as confident now. I think he's been so bad that you can't discount any possibility with him. I think even with Trez being out for the year, which is an insane thing to think about. Money Mar absolutely loves the second. Oh, Money Mar is hitting the emojis yeah. hard here. So I, we appreciate you, Money Mar. Even with Trez being out, I think Trez's contract, giving them a little bit more wiggle room financially on a trade, might be the difference between cutting Bamba and, and cutting look, him. That doesn't give me any great vibes. No. I don't care Terrible. about saving. <laughs> Absolutely horrible I, I really, there's few things I care less about than saving Josh Harris money. But I think two things with the contract. One, I think it could be a little more helpful. <laughs> Brian says Mo Bamba stock seeking a bailout. <laughs> oh. I think it could be mildly more helpful as a salary matcher in a trade. And I think Daryl, even if it's a 1% chance of that mattering, will probably factor in that 1% into his decision. But also if Josh Harris can be like, if, hey, there's a chance we might want to get under that tax and Daryl has to do it, like even if it pisses me off and should piss anyone else off, it is going to be a factor. And it could be a, 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 a it shouldn't be, but it could be. I don't know. All right, I'm going to ask and you. And if that, that happens, and we'll have stock down on Josh Harris. He won't care because he's he's doing all right. But. Stock down on Josh Harris for owning the commanders <laughs> in the first place. Yes, yes. Okay, let's see. Uh I'll give you another one that's probably an easy one. Let's say Nick Nurse. Stock I mean, up, stock down. I don't. We do have a prop, so you do have to no, use we do. it there. I will say, I don't think, we have six people that we we highlighted. I don't I don't think anyone's going to be left, like, on the edge of their seat wondering which one. Uh, have some fun, Derek. Come all right, on. All right, all right, all right. Jeez. Pretend you're on the floor at the uh, stock exchange. Did I pick change. up the right one? There Is you go. Correct? Nick stock Nurse. Derek says stock up. Yo, be careful with those. It's cardboard. It's nothing's going to happen. All right, all right. All right. All right. Uh, no, look, he he integrated his system into the Sixers, and I think he did that pretty successfully. The way that they – and look, it's only been one game with Joel Embiid, so that's only really one game that matters. But I did like the way they looked, not the shots, not how the way Embiid looked, but how it, the system looked. And he hasn't yet gone completely ballistic having to deal with the James Harden stuff every day. So about all you could ask for from a coach. Yeah, and I would say you and I, I think, probably discount how much of an impact a coach has on motivation, right? A lot of times, historically, we've said if there's something that Doc or Brett shouldn't be blamed for, it's are, is Joel up for a game or is so-and-so right. up for a game? If but the I, coach has to figure that one out, then you're kind of screwed. Yeah, but I will say the overall competitiveness of the team throughout the preseason and in training camp I think certainly reflects well on Nick Nurse. I think the fact that they've bought into this scrambling, aggressive defense, certainly we saw it against Brooklyn. We saw a little bit of it against Atlanta to end the preseason. And to see Kelly Oubre and Jaden Springer and Danny Green and guys coming in in the second unit and playing super hard, even when they're playing in the second halves of preseason games, I think that's a great sign for the overall culture of the team right now. Now we have to see if it holds up in the regular season, but generally I would say, Derek, if guys are playing hard in the preseason, 
they're not going to be like, well, now the games matter. I'm going to try less and we're right. going to play less right. aggressive on defense. So there are definitely two aspects which make it easier for this team to buy into Nick Nurse's chaos defense. Yeah. One, that there's like a record number of people on one year deals or deals that expire after the season. NBA players want to get paid. Newsflash at 11. But also, there's just a new coach is always going to get a little bit better, a little more out of guys because they are all fighting for minutes and roster spots and there's no real preconceived notions coming in. So, yeah, I think this is working out well for him so far. You know, I do think the offense gets a little more difficult if James Harden isn't going to be here. And certainly with a coach like Nick Nurse, who probably didn't have the offensive pieces he wanted for his final few seasons in Toronto, I think he would like to have that um, as an option. But certainly, I think in terms of his defense, this is a team that is surprisingly well-built for him. When you take away, you know, George from last year's roster and James from last year's roster, all of a sudden you do actually have some athletes. Uh, so we will see. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to see them defend in the regular season when it matters. We'll take a quick break and we'll get back into the stock report after sure. that. You know who's stock? It's going through the roof. Well. And you know, Boko, you know, who stock has, up, stock up. You know who has better apparel or better accessories than than that? Better quality. Foco definitely does. <laughs> definitely does. Foco is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. It's the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. And with it being football and tailgating season, it means that overalls, hoodies, hats, sunglasses, bags, everything you need for a game, Foco has. And Foco has hooked PHLY up provided awesome pieces for our sets. Foco always has our back for Philly sports, and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description. For all non-presale items, use the promo code PHLY for 10% off. And again, if you have any questions, drop them in chat. We are going to finish off. We have a couple more here with the stock up, stock down, but we will try to get to a question or two if we have time. Who's, uh, whose turn is it to ask a question? I yeah. think you asked the last question, correct? Yeah. So I think it is probably up for me. Uh, I think this is one where, again, I think probably people will, will pick up on it, but uh, James Harden, which way is he trending there, Kyle? Let's see. I'm going to have to go with down, stock down, because he's not going to play basketball. So James Harden not playing basketball is worth less than James Harden For playing sure. basketball. <laughs> I will say he probably could have done more damage, like stock down damage to his trade value than he has done, which yeah. I'm a little bit surprised because, again, there's always been that sort of conflict, that push and pull between what makes sense to get him out of Philly and what makes sense to give him trade value. And he really hasn't gone the nuclear route yet. And especially like just being away from the team for the first couple of days or the first day of camp and then for the last week not doing that much damage to the team uh, and in turn not doing that much damage to his trade value. Now, that being said, he also hasn't like repaired his trade value. So even the trade value stock chart would be a slight drop, not a major one. But yeah, look, basketball players have more value when they are on the court playing basketball. I think his value is probably a little down. Yeah, so uh, until he gets back out there and shows whether he's going to perform for the team or throw a fit on the floor as we've seen him do in the past it's hard Jay to grade him but harrison g james harden is an nft because he vanished overnight money mars says we're in a bear market so I, I tend to agree with that one on james i just look if you want to talk about it from a big picture perspective too 
he's certainly trending down or we wouldn't be in this position in the first place, right? Oh, Either sure. yes. he would have opted out and gotten a bag from somebody or he would have opted in, said F you to Daryl and five to 10 teams would have lined up to sign him. Yep. So, you know, no, or not he, sign him, trade for him. He has no idea that he is trending down. That is part of the problem. Uh, but certainly over the last three years, really since the injury started to kick in, but also like forcing your way off of multiple teams. Uh, and the fact that he is 34, his trade value is nowhere near what it used to be. Okay, so here's maybe a little bit of a tougher one. I think I know where you're leaning. Oh, no. Joel Embiid, stock up or stock down? And you get to explain your answer. This isn't like a... No, I mean, it's definitely... Uh-oh, it's definitely Derek says stock down. Bit. He's blocking no. it with the microphone. Here's what I will say. It's more of like a, a short-term day or swing trade rather than a long-term stock down. Yeah. Um, but he just doesn't look prepared. And again, we're basing a lot off of one, one game of basketball. Game, yeah. But he only appeared in one, and that's part of the issue because he wasn't ready to appear in the first two. He doesn't look like he's ready. And that's disappointing. It's concerning because the Sixers have to navigate this time here without James Harden, we assume, because they're going to be fighting for home court advantage more than they typically are. These early games are going to matter in that regard. And they have to figure out how to play a new style that Joel Embiid, every time he's in front of a microphone, says, oh, gosh, I just I never really wanted to be a scorer, but gosh, I had to. <laughs> well, now he has to learn how to play a different style. They need him operating at the top of his abilities. Doesn't look like he is there yet. He might be in a week or two or three, but that week or two or three is relevant. Yeah. And I look, I think it's probably closer to Joel is flat, right? We know what his overall value is. Sure. And- there's sort of two ways to look at this. It's it's the long term, like where is he in his career? We're talking much more short term yes. here in the first fact couple that weeks of the right. season, and right. Joel really can't be as prepared to start the season as most guys because he simply didn't play. If if two options are playing basketball or not playing basketball, playing basketball has always been and will always be better and help you prepare for the season, and so. Having to play Milwaukee on night one, who they have given them problems at times in the past. We'll see how that turns out. Playing against Brooke Lopez, who can stretch him out and certainly battle with him in the post. Not the greatest, but we'll see how that new look Bucks team is on defense. They're going to throw a lot of movement at them between all the, the cutters and the guys playing off of Joel. So find out soon enough. Harrison G in the chat saying we need a plateau sign. No, the whole point is to talk about which ones are going up or down. We're not going to go Let's through have a take. We're not going to go through all. Well, and also we're not going to go through all 15. So like the other nine might just be plateauing. Okay. So one more that I think I, but it's, it's my turn. Oh, it question. is your turn. All yeah, right. That's fine. Let's get my spot. Okay. And I'll, I'll leave this one for you specifically because you know, we all know that you're his biggest fan. Kelly Oubre. Oh, I mean, that's a big stock up, guys. Bye, bye, bye on Kelly Oubre. Uh, I'm not sure that we I'd hold that one, but yeah, bye now. That might sure. be a short-term buy for sure, but I would say we've seen enough from Kelly that he came in here, and I think fair to say on media day, Derek, we would have said he might not be an everyday rotation guy. That, that was at least in question. In question, I think I would probably lean towards he would be just because they had so few of his size and athleticism. Yeah. But yes, for sure. But I think now, given what we've seen and his ability to play the role that 
he's always needed to play to be his best self, but has been resistant to it. I think Kelly is certainly trending upward. So that's, that's an easy one. I, there've been people calling for him to start. I know Derek and I are not on that bandwagon and probably will never be on that bandwagon. I would say that's a big old stock down on that one, but I think he's pretty clearly seventh or eighth guy at worst at this point, he's coming in playing some of those minutes with Joel. I I'm actually honestly a lot more interested now in the Joel and athletes type lineups that they can throw on the floor when Tyrese is staggered with Joel. Presumably you play Embiid, Oubre, Melton, maybe a D house, maybe even you could go, this is not athleticism, but Tucker and just say, we're going to be a bunch of tough motherfuckers and, throw him at people. So we'll see. But I think to your point, Derek, he gives them an option and then options in terms of tons of different lineups that they didn't have without him. And I think I've been encouraged by how he's chosen to go about his preseason. Our buddy Vince in the chat, just absolutely loving how stupid we look. <laughs> absolutely loving it. No, look, I think when you look at Kelly's preseason stats, 14 points on 12 shots, 43% shooting, 32% from three, 1.8 assists, 1.8 turnovers. They're very Kelly Oubre stats. And we have Harrison asking basically, or no, Brian K, I'm sorry, asking whether or not we are just in the honeymoon phase with Kelly. I think there's certainly an element to that with some of the fan reaction. But when I read off those stats, you know, I think some of that downside came when he was playing without Maxi and without Embiid. I think when he was playing with those two, and I should probably have those on-off numbers with me, but it's preseason for me too. I think he's looked better than I expected. So most like my, the stat line would indicate a plateau, but the way he's looked fitting into a role was better than I expected. Will that continue? I don't know. Again, I, I mentioned this might be a short term play. I'm not hundred percent confident and it's sticking around long term. Uh, but so far it isn't trending in the right direction. For sure. Yeah. And, and to that point, Derek, even if it is uh, simply in that role, he has struggled in the past playing with other stars. He played with, Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Draymond on a team that's won multiple championships and found it basically impossible to fit in there. Like that was a short term, didn't want to revisit that experiment for Golden State. And so if he has now figured out, hey, I can't just try to be Kelly Oubre all the time and I have to do some things that maybe historically I haven't wanted to do, that's a great step forward for him mentally. And yeah. so it, it is a form of progress for sure. Vinsanity in chat mentioned that Ubre looks incredibly confident. Yes, uh, that's part of the problem. Not short on confidence. That, <laughs> that is, is for damn sure. That is part of the problem. Yep, yep. No, he's uh, so far so good, but we will keep a watchful eye out. We do have some questions on Danny Green in the chat on stock. I think if you want to pull one up there, Derek, I think we'll probably both agree on Yeah. Stock trending up for, for Danny. That's a, a great buy low. I don't know. It's I wouldn't call quite call him a a penny stock. Coming into the season, he was, he was he pretty was cheap. Pretty yeah. cheap, yeah. Like an affordable, maybe mom and, and pop again, type business. Not every penny stock is going to go to the moon. So the fact that we're saying he's trending up does not mean we're like, oh my God, start Danny Green and, and have him on Trey Young. That's not what we're saying. We're yeah. just saying we have a little more hope for him than we had to start the year, uh, and we will see whether that continues. Yeah, I mean, you and I both went from he's on the fringe and might be the guy who gets cut at the end of training camp to or the end of preseason to he's now probably at least 
at the end of the rotation. I don't think he's even a, a deep bench guy at this point based on how Nick has used him and, and how he performed. I shouldn't even say perform because there were some up, ups and downs, but physically he looks a lot closer to where he was in the past and that's going to make all the difference for him. Yep, I agree. I agree. Any other questions there that we wanted to flag in a chat as we are getting a little close towards the end of this show and Kyle's stupid game made that go pretty quickly. Listen, see, I'm, I'm helping us pass the time, Derek, and getting us toward the games. That's all that really matters at this point. And everybody got to see us in these silly hats. You don't think Completely that's fun? Completely silly. Completely silly. Harrison asks if you have a history as a stockbroker. Certainly not a broker. I've maybe done a tiny bit of trading in my day, but nothing serious because I know that it is basically gambling when you have my level of knowledge. Wow. Unless you're gambling through DraftKings Sportsbook. No. And then <laughs> I mean, some of us do all right gambling, just not me. Yeah, I won some money playing crafts over the weekend yeah. at a casino whose name I won't drop instead <laughs> of, uh, unless they want to sponsor the show. So let that be the call to anybody who hosts craps and blackjack that <laughs> I will shill for you on this show. All right. I, I think, think that's uh, probably it, right? I think that's probably just about it. Um, like I mentioned, we are going to do some uh, preseason predictions both Sixers and league-wide with Rich in the studio tomorrow. So be su sure to come and check that out. Also be sure to hit the subscribe button on YouTube, hit the bell icon so you get notifications. I'm one day I'm going to do that. I'm going to say bell icon to get notifications, not bell notification. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I'm an idiot. We all know that. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube so you can come and watch us do these uh, live. Kyle, you want to shout some people out? Well, first of all, I want to say hit that thumbs up button as always, but shout out to Money Mar, Vince, Harrison, Brian. I see the two-minute warning. Shout us out earlier. Talked to him on Twitter the other day. Vince Sanity, Stewart, a lot of people. Harrison was very active today. Ash. And also, we have one last question, Aust I think. Austin Krell, because he, he comes in here. I know he wants his attention, so we'll shout out Austin Krell as well. That's true. Yeah. One last question from Carlo. Petrusev or Bamba, who's the odd man out if it's one of the two of them? Are we asking what I would do or what we think Daryl will do? What we think is going to happen. Uh, I'm, I'm going to flip. I'm going to flip. I'm going to say Bamba's an odd man out. I, I'm with you, buddy. So we're going to find out very shortly. And as Carlos says, go Phillies. Hopefully they close it out in game six tonight. We will catch you all tomorrow for the big season preview. <laughs> Y'all silly like the man.